Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. there and welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio theater. Tonight is episode 541. I'm Jack Ward with my co-host David Alt. Happy New Year, David. Yes, Happy New Year, Jack. 2018. Wow. Wow. It's just so much to think about that's coming up in the next, not just this year, but the next couple of years. I can't help but be excited about the opportunities that are are coming. Absolutely. And uh, and something coming up in 2020. Absolutely. We'll have to have a big chat about that at some point too but tell me about your new years did you did you end up staying up the whole time to see the yes yes i managed to make it through to midnight <laughs> i started yes, to crash we... at about 11 30 and i was i was oh, still I holding on because uh, i was waiting for my sons my one son was coming back he just got his full uh, license and so mm. they call them fulls here in nova scotia so oh, just okay, got his yeah. fulls but that means he had to be back before midnight so he got back uh... about 1205 hopefully no oh. police are listening to this and then uh <laughs> my youngest son i went out and grabbed him at around 12 30 got it he got a chance to sort of toast the new year a bit mm-hmm. with his friends hopefully with just grape juice but that's <laughs> that was that was that and Ginny and i sat down and chatted about some new year's resolutions do you have any new year's resolutions i don't do new year's resolutions i find it better to do whatever day of the week it is resolution because <laughs> uh, otherwise it's it's all too tainted with with the possibility of failure yeah I, I, t- I tend to not do like personal New Year's resolutions as much as I talk about what I want to do in the future. So like what I want to yes. do in this year. Yes, speaking your intention and yeah. and making it and and letting it be so. Absolutely. Do you have any big things you're hoping to do this year? Well, I'm hoping to travel across America with the No Sleep podcast again in February. That will be fun. <laughs> so yep that that, that will be good so that's um, february oh my goodness so you're gonna be missing I out know, on nads rim or else you're gonna write while you're driving is that what's gonna so happen? I, I will certainly see what i can do for nads rim this year because i'm sure that being in the van will be fertile ground for for new ideas and new stories yes that would be very exciting you know one of the things i was thinking about this holiday season was i actually have a whole bunch of little short well, i shouldn't say a whole bunch four or five little short stories that I've written for Christmas Mm. that I might actually put together as a little Christmas anthology next year. So I don't know if I'll make it for sale or I'll just give it to friends or something. I'll see what happens. But it seems to be at Christmas that my brain starts thinking about Christmas stories. And I had one called The Christmas Cabin, Mm -hmm. which I think I'm going to look forward to writing up before too much of Christmas has gone past Mm -hmm. and I've lost the feel it's it's no good writing a christmas story when you're in the middle of spring you know that's true because <laughs> for the last three years now i've done a christmas story on the no sleep podcast bonus episodes oh wow christmas episodes so yeah i've got three stories under my belt there but it seems to be the only time i i do sort of grind my writing gears <laughs> into motion so how long are your christmas stories in the no sleep podcast uh, about half an hour each and they're all quite quite horrific uh, they are yes have i ever told you like my scariest one that I that not that I wrote but that I saw no, no. that was done as a claymation show and I actually contacted the people who made the, the claymation because it's a Canadian <laughs> short because right. I really want a copy of it and I have to go back and find the DVD that, that, that I can get it in it's called Down a Dark chimney Ooh. i think that's the name of it and it's like i said it's claymation so it looks like your your famous so frosty the snowmans and and mm. rudolph the red-nosed reindeer claymation what it is is it's it's like 
Santa's sleigh gets shot down by artillery during World War II, and he's stuck behind enemy lines in the Nazis. And so they actually, him and Rudolph, they actually capture and they shoot him and kill him. What? And Rudolph and Rudolph, they like serve for dinner. <laughs> and so it's like you can see his head on the table or something like that. I forget. It was like very, very. I'm watching this at like three in the morning on on Christmas night, going. What am I seeing here? <laughs> and it sort of it ends off with this uh, son of this like colonel who 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 killed them all, sort of looking out wistfully into the into the Christmas night, waiting for Santa to come, oh. <laughs> and then he's not gonna come, and that's the end. Oh. And I'm like, oh. That's the most painful Christmas story I've ever heard. So, are they in that that vein, or is it a little less gut wrenching? Uh, well, um, there's there's uh, I think this year's tugged a few heartstrings actually of of that. But in fact, I should probably say that if anyone wants to find it, it's the British Christmas bonus episode from season ten. Wonderful. And the previous two, uh, well, there'll be season six and season eight, but they're a, a one and a sequel. So. Um, head back to season six to find the first one, which is actually based on a time when I was being Santa. But more on that story later. <laughs> Very good. What kind of presents did you get that you'd like to share with us? Anything fun this year? <sighs> I think it's. I've got to that stage in life where I've got everything that I want slash need. Of course. So people got me wine and chocolates which is to be fair absolutely fine (laughs) something you can enjoy throughout the season that's great yeah because otherwise if if people get i find that if people get stuff Mm -hmm. then if it's not going to be used it just sits around yes and and that becomes clutter for sure so if it's something that can be enjoyed immediately or enjoyed over a short space of time brilliant that's a great idea it's like Wine and chocolates, or or candles, or flowers—you know, the usual kind of stuff. Absolutely, but stuff which is which is only ephemeral. Yes, rather than taking up space. And, I, and also, I don't want people spending money that they don't have to spend. For sure. Uh, and I think a lot of Christmas has been built up as this time where you have to buy a whole load of stuff for people, even if you don't know what they want. And to be honest, I think that's wrong. I'd much rather people either sent a message or a card or something and, mm-hmm. and be remembered have a conversation that sort of thing that'd be brilliant but when it comes to buying stuff now yeah, i find it i like the surprise aspect like i sent you the book oh yes you did yes it was it was completely unexpected and i didn't want any return yeah. right you know so i was just like if i if there was something that i can do to make you smile that would bring you yes. know a smile on your face that would be great Absolutely. I, I, in our school they always have secret santa do you have secret santa in yes England? yes Yes, we do. We do. And I personally, I always say I'm not interested in going. And then somebody sort of said, well, why not, Jack? You know, you're, you're a very giving person. I said, that's the point. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, really, Secret Santa is kind of like against the entire idea of Christmas mm. because you're not giving for the sake of doing something joyous to somebody that you know. Mm-hmm. You're saying, I've got 25 bucks. Who's my name? Mm-hmm. Right? You know? <laughs> and I don't, and I, that's not what I, I want to do. I'd rather send stuff to people that I find uh, every once in a while I'll be in the secondhand bookstore because Ginny's always looking for wool or this, you know, at one of the places. I was like, we go to Value Village every once in a while and they mm-hmm. have tons of cheap books there and I pick up a t- way too many writing books, but <laughs> I find them useful. And then I'll see a book, I'll go, oh, this will be really good for this person. Yes. You know, and I'll just put it aside and then I'll bundle them all together and send them off at around Christmas or their birthday yeah. and say, look, this is not an opportunity for gift wars. I just saw these <laughs> and I knew that you'd like them. I hope that that's, I would want to have something that came from someone's heart rather than some from their pocketbook for that reason so absolutely I say I think we're yes. both on the same page that way uh, yeah I think we are the the kinds of books that I always look for in secondhand bookshops or or even in well in whatever kind of bookshop puzzle books Ooh. specifically sort of logic maths sciences cool but the puzzle books that engage your numeracy and literacy skills Mm -hmm. because being a tutor i find that really important and i find that my students by and large they've got a whole load of tools that they've been given by their teachers but they don't necessarily have the puzzle solving abilities 
that are now being asked for in exams. Right. So I, I've got myself loaded up with a whole load of puzzle books ready for the new term. Right. <laughs> so. Kind of like a little critical thinking. You're mm. not looking for A equals B so much as you're trying to say, where is B hidden yes. behind C, D, and F? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. It's interesting if I'd known that. Ginny, my wife, works at various different schools doing custodial work, and she came home with a box full of these puzzle books. Ah. And I brought them to my school because they were throwing them out of that school. And I said, well, let's see if anyone wants. And certainly everybody nabbed them. Mm-hmm. But if I had known, <laughs> I could have grabbed them. So now I'll keep that in mind. If something shows up, that'll be kind of fun. I ended up getting uh, a lovely new mattress, first time in about 10 years. Oh, so, right, yes. Ginny uh, and I got that together, and I got a lovely little uh, Lothar gave me a, a, again, unsolicited, gave me this wonderful book sitting right here beside me, a little notebook to write in. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Jeff gave me a beautiful encyclopedia on old-time radio, Ooh. which I've been going through bit by bit. So those have been some really lovely gifts. My, my sister didn't know what to give me, gave me a chapters card, which is like a book card. And mm-hmm. I went there and I picked up uh, a little book on, you know, on, on cooking. And then they also had this one little hourglass, which is more of like a minute glass. I don't know if you can hear it there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. moving along. And um, it was on for half price. So I picked it up. It's this beautiful minute glass kind of thing, but it's large. It's about, I don't know, six inch, about half a foot in height, maybe. Mm-hmm. And inside, instead of just sand, it's iron filings that are ah. magnetized. So as it falls down, we have these lovely pluming looks. <laughs> of, of, and there's a little wooden piece, which is meant to be its stand part, which has uh, a magnet down below. So it's it's drying the, the the pieces down. And it's it's kind of a little fun thing to have by my desk, too. Yes. So those are a couple of little little fun gifts that... I ended up getting, and I got socks from my wife, which was awesome because she (laughs) makes them, right? So handmade stuff is always great when something is made by somebody you can appreciate. Brilliant. So I thought we'd kick off the new year here. It was apropos to start with a host, the Hostile Worlds from Matthew Ooh. McLean. Mm. And I know Sarah Golding is acting in, in this series as well. Have you heard his Hostile Worlds podcast yet? I have heard the Hostile Worlds podcast. And in fact, once you get to episode five, you might hear a familiar voice showing up Ooh, on the Tardigrade. I thought this was like right up your alley. I thought you'd yeah. love this particular <laughs> podcast. I didn't know if I'd mentioned it before, but I haven't heard heard five yet i've heard up to four so i'm just missing up on that uh-huh. <laughs> one of my catch-ups to do so very cool yes and uh, so after that we'll have a little taste of dick monday's american goofball produced by texas radio theater's rich frolic and it all begins right here on the sonic society picture yourself standing on a quiet city street In front of you, there's a row of cars parked nose to tail along the side of the road. Behind the back wheel of the car at the end of the row, there's a basketball resting against the kerb. Imagine for a minute that the basketball was a scale model of the sun. Now imagine that you've got a little black peppercorn in the palm of your hand. It's so small you can roll it between your thumb and forefinger. This is the size of Earth in relation to the sun, a basketball and a peppercorn. Now, to gauge the distance between the two, stand alongside the basketball that's resting behind the back wheel of the last car and then start walking down the street past each car one by one. Once you've walked six full car lengths, that's about the scale distance between Earth, or peppercorn, and the sun the basketball. So there we are, a tiny peppercorn in the middle of a street, which is obviously huge in comparison. But if that's got you feeling small, we're not done yet. If that little peppercorn was the earth, over 70% of it would be covered in water. And on the land itself, you might think that we humans at least have that conquered. But here's another fact for you. If everyone lived as densely as they do in Manhattan, you could fit the entire human race within the shores of New Zealand. And what percentage Earth does New Zealand's landmass cover? About 0.05%. Think you could even see that on your peppercorn? 
Let's upgrade our peppercorn to an apple for a second so we can take a closer look at something. Firstly, take a bite out of your apple. Now, look at the chunk you've just bitten out. See how thin the skin of the apple is? That's pretty accurate in relation to how thick the Earth's crust is. So inside that apple skin is every cellar, tunnel, subway system and mine shaft that we've ever dug out the ground. Shrink your apple back down to a peppercorn now and take a look at the street around you. Now understand that this street is just our solar system. What about the next street over? That's a different solar system entirely. What about a street on the other side of the city? What about a street in another city altogether? Or a city in another country? So what's my point with all this? I'm not trying to give you a headache. It's just to demonstrate that we're all floating on a tiny peppercorn in a vast, immeasurable space. And what's more, we're all collectively just a tiny dot on that peppercorn. There's very few places on it where we could survive naturally, and we certainly couldn't survive naturally anywhere off it. Our home, our own world, that's hostile enough. So what about places like Neptune, Venus and Mercury? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to go and visit these places? To walk around and explore them, without the risk of actually being dead within a few seconds? Well, that's really the purpose of this podcast. It's called Hostile Worlds, and it's going to basically be an audio tour around some of the most fascinating yet deadly places in the universe. I'm your host, Matthew McLean, and I'll be ably assisted by many others throughout the course of this series. And the first of those people is Colin Gray, right here at thepodcasthost.com. Not only did I steal that apple off his desk earlier, I recently found out that he's got a pretty interesting and relevant qualification, one that could definitely be useful to a podcast series like this one. Let's cut to one of those quirky NPR-style snippets of dialogue that absolutely hasn't been staged or scripted. Colin. Yep. I just wanted to quickly speak to you about your academic qualifications. I don't know how many times. I'm not that kind of doctor. There's a clinic down the road. Go and expose yourself to them. I don't mean your PhD in online learning. As impressive as that is, admittedly. I was talking about your degree in astrophysics from Edinburgh University. Oh, alright. What about it? I'm working on a new podcast called Hostile Worlds. It's going to be sort of like an audio drama documentary hybrid. Nice. Is that like a space type show then? Aye. I'm just putting a team together for it. Fancy getting involved? Yeah, sure. Cool. Well, that was easy. You see my apple, by the way. I'm sure I'll... Right then. Back to the very mission of this podcast. As you've probably established, I'm not even remotely qualified to fly you to places like Jupiter and Saturn. The beauty of audio, though, is that we can actually go wherever we want. We can see and hear whatever we want, and we won't even die. Unless, of course, you're consuming this show in a situation where your listening attention's paramount to your safety, in which case, stop. Come back later. I'll still be here. But if you're ready, I'm ready. It's time to get to work. So what's the first thing we'll need to head out on our journey? Probably some sort of spacecraft. Actually, it needs to be a bit more multi-purpose than a spacecraft. Something that can fly, float, swim or dig anywhere in the universe, no matter how hot or cold it might get. Sounds like that'll be a tough thing to build, but like I said, we're working on audio. That makes life a lot easier. Of course, we'll probably need another crew member too. I want someone who can control the ship and take it where it needs to go. Again, I'm on the ball here. Obviously, our budget's a little too small to pay for a real astronaut slash deep sea diver slash scientist. But theatre of the minds are ever-present safety net. I stuck an advert in my local paper looking for voice actors. I got a reply too, from someone called Sarah. And I've asked her to meet me for a coffee so we could talk about the job. Hi, Sarah. Yes, that's me. Hello. You're for the podcast interview. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Am I being interviewed for a podcast or for a job? Uh, Both, I suppose. We're in the podcast right now. 
this this is part of it. Sort of. It's just a quick chat to find out if you want to be the pilot or driver or general navigator of a sort of spaceship slash submarine slash general hostile environments exploration vehicle. Oh, that sounds nice. Doesn't it? Yeah. You know, when I saw podcast voiceover worker, I just thought I'd maybe have to read out an ad for some sort of website or mattress company or... And that might happen at some point in the future. But for now, we just want to get you settled into your new role. Oh, okay. Does that mean I've already got the job? Looks that way. You were the only person who responded to the ad. (laughs) Was I? Yeah, I love auditions and applying for stuff. Just, yeah, well, I guess we just need to talk about, um, you know, wages. Hmm? Wages? Sarah, where we're going, we won't need wages. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah well, I mean, you, you say that, but, um, you know, I, I literally I do need wages. What for? Well, to buy food, for starters. Food? Oh, that won't be a problem. No way. No. Here, catch. Whoa! <laughs> I got it. Just uh, the, an apple. Good observation skills. With a bite taken out of it. It's... There's plenty more where that came from. Anyway, sounds like they've just about finished building our ship. Tell you what, you sit here and eat your apple. I'll go around for a look. I'll meet you over there in five minutes, OK? Uh, OK. So there we have it. They're just putting the finishing touches to the ship that's going to take us round some of the most hostile places in the universe. We just need to give it a name. I was thinking long and hard about this, and I've come up with something that I think's really fitting. The Tardigrade. The Tardigrade, if you're not familiar with it already, is a micro-animal. A tiny wee creature often found living in moss, and commonly known as a water bear. As earthlings go, you'll struggle to find anything hardier than the humble tardigrade. In 2007, a squad of them, and I do wonder what the actual collective noun for them is, were launched into space and exposed to its vacuum. They survived too, in raw open space. They became the first, and to date the only known earthlings, to do so. They've got the power to basically switch themselves off, dry out, and lie dormant for long periods of time. More recently, in 2016, scientists successfully revived a tardigrade that had been frozen for three decades. That's basically a full winter in Scotland. And in July 2017, there were reports in the scientific press that the tardigrade will survive on Earth until the sun dies, essentially making them the last living band members of this planet's original lineup. So if we need to draw strength and inspiration from any of our fellow Earth creatures, we should look no further than our little moss-dwelling friends. And that's why I'm going to christen the ship the Tardigrade. I believe you're supposed to smash a bottle of something against its hull, so I've brought along a popular brand of tonic wine for that very purpose. (laughs) Oh, sorry. So how are you settling in, Sarah? Yes, yes, yeah, great, thanks. I, I love these uniforms. Just uh. Pretty cool, eh? I got that my car boot sale in Falkirk this morning. Have you had a wee look round the ship? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. One of the guys who built it, he was just in here talking me through what everything is and, and what it does. Oh, oh, he asked me to give you this invoice. There you go. Right, aye. I'll make sure I pay that as soon as possible. I'll just add it to my to-do bin. <laughs> yeah, is, um, is that not just an actual bin? Is it? Oh, aye. So what was this guy saying to it? What have we all got in here? Right, well, um, it, this is the control room, as you've probably guessed. <laughs> Looks controlly. Yep, we've got cameras all around the ship, so we can look at what's outside on on this um this big screeny thing here. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I was just um I was just 
catching up on my programmes before we flew off and potentially died on some distant world or something. What's this over here? Oh, no, that's our radio communication channel. Yeah, now if you ever need to get an expert on the phone to ask them something about one of our destinations, you, you just dial them up on this. That'll come in handy. And you know how to control the ship and all that jazz? Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at some uh, tutorials on, on YouTube. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've stuck some L-plates on the front and the back too, just in case we uh, encounter any intergalactic tailgaters. Roadhogs! <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's pretty much us sorted then, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, do you know where you want to go first? I do. It's somewhere I've been fascinated with for years. Glasgow. No. Titan. Ah, the biggest moon of Saturn. Yes, good choice. Exactly. It's an interesting place for lots of different reasons, which we could look at in depth once we get there. I've got someone in mind who might be able to help us navigate the place too. I'm just about to email them and see if they'll speak to us on the radio thing. Does it have a name? Uh, well, radio thing sounds good to me. Right, well, radio thing it is. Whilst I do that, though, here's a wee appetizer for you and the listener. What? Is that a cassette tape? Hi. I wanted to go for the retro-futurist vibe. I was a big Commodore 64 fan when I was wee. So, before I play this, I'll just say that one of the many things that's interesting about Titan is this huge hydrocarbon sea on it called Kraken Mare. Well, a couple of years ago, I actually set an audio drama there. It was partly inspired by a story in the news about NASA discussing the idea of dropping an unmanned submarine into Kraken Mare in the year 2040. I thought to myself, imagine if there was some sort of alien structure or wreckage under there. So I came up with a story where a satellite orbiting Titan sends images back to Earth showing just that. Something that looks like a crashed alien spacecraft lying at the bottom of this huge hydrocarbon ocean. Naturally, NASA began making plans to send a team to Titan to investigate, but it's a billion miles away in the outer solar system and it's going to take a long time to prepare for something like this. That's when they're beaten to it by this eccentric British billionaire who fast-tracks a mission up there with only three astronauts. When their ship arrives in Saturn's neighbourhood, two of them land on Titan, whilst the third remains in control in the moon's orbit. You know, Apollo 11 style. The two on the ground, McGovern and Jameson, travel to the shores of Kraken Mare, where Jameson boards a tiny one-man submarine and heads down into the depths to literally get to the bottom of things. Intrigued? Well, I'll put a link to the whole thing in the show notes over at hostileworlds.net, but here's a wee clip for you now. McGovern? Sorry, Captain. Um approaching the objective and what is it come on talk to me it's like nothing i've ever seen honestly you, you wouldn't believe it is everything all right everything's fine better than fine this is just incredible well spill the beans then for the love of god is it some sort of craft yeah, it's a spacecraft for sure, Captain. So, we're off to Titan, the biggest moon of Saturn. During the course of our journey, we're going to be joined on the... Um, radio thing by Alex Hayes, an assistant professor at Cornell University in the astronomy department. Alex specialises in solar system exploration and is part of the Cassini mission to Saturn research team. In other words, he knows infinitely more about this stuff than we do. It all sounds very exciting, Matthew, but um, what exactly is it we want to learn about on Titan? Hmm? 
solid podcast etiquette there, Sarah. Mm -hmm. So I've said before that Titan's a fascinating place for a lot of different reasons. Wait, where's where's that music coming from? It's the outro. Oh, right. Sorry, carry on. It's okay. Right, where was I? Oh, aye. Um, With its rain, oceans, rivers and mountains, there's a lot of similarities between it and Earth. There's a lot of differences too, though. The so-called magic islands, for example, that appear then vanish again in Titan's hydrocarbon oceans. This is one of the biggest mysteries in our solar system. Cryovolcanoes too. We want to find out what they are and why we think they might exist on Titan. And that all-important question of life. Could it feasibly exist way out there? Well, there's apparently reason to believe that it is possible. So these are just some of the things we're going to be learning about in the next two episodes. All that remains to do is for us to actually fly the tardigrade out there and for you to subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. If we both do that, we'll see each other again, in an audio sense, in episode two. Sarah, I feel like I should say something climactic. Um, how about, um, cheerio? Uh, Aye, okay. Cheerio then. Whoa, hang on a sec, I've not even sat down yet. Hey, sorry. Sorry, I thought this would add to the dramatics. Outro! Thank you very much for listening to Hostile Worlds, a series created and presented by thepodcasthost.com. Voices heard in this episode were by Sarah Golding, Colin Gray and myself, Matthew McLean. Also heard was a segment from Crack and Marry, the audio drama. A link to the full thing can be found in the show notes at hostileworlds.net. Special thanks go to Alex Hayes at Cornell University, Hayden Goodfellow at Kielder Observatory, Mike Malaska at NASA JPL, and Robert Cudmore at Yap Audio Production. For show notes, series info, and links on where to subscribe, visit us at hostileworlds.net. piece of paper uh, something I want to show you <laughs> what from New York Goofs Media I'm Dick Monday and you're listening to this American goofball the podcast set down in real time this is the actual making of a podcast only we're actually making the podcast about the podcast that we're actually making I know, it's not how things usually work, but in this case, I had to do it that way. As I found out later, it was exactly the wrong thing to do. Hello, this, hello, Dick Monday. Hey, hey Dick, I, I wanted to talk to you. Oh, oh hi Rich. My producer, Rich Froelich, had a history of unsolicited bad ideas. Was he calling me because of mine? Or was it something else? If you're just joining us, I was on the phone with my producer, Rich. He had me on the phone. It wasn't the first time this had happened. Um, hey, Rich, uh, I, I'm sitting at my desk right now. I don't really get what this podcast is about.
well, it, it's a, a podcast about a podcast that we'll be making as we actually do the podcast. So here I am sitting at my work yeah. desk and my producer's on the phone. You may have guessed this, but it shouldn't have happened this way. My partner got back from a startup pitch in New York. Her name is Tiffany. She's my wife. We have two kids. I told her exactly what was going on. So what happened? So Rich called me today. Oh, Rich called you. Awesome. What did you want? Rich called you? Yeah, he called me on the phone. Today. Oh. And <laughs> did you, you answer it? Well, yeah, he's my producer. Of course I answered it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You answered it. Yeah. You just went ahead and said, hey, what's up, Rich? <laughs> well, yeah, he's, that's what I do on the phone. Well, right. She didn't realize how serious that call was. Nobody did. That's not true. No, well, it is true. Well, it's happened before. And then you push the button, and then it doesn't like right. open, and the answering doesn't okay. actually happen. So, but right. you you answered it. We were in a conversation. I could tell you what he said. I really want to. And ultimately, I will. But why was he calling me? And why did I answer? next time on This American Goofball. This American Goofball is supported by Square Strays, nerdy little runts that wander away from the herd. Square Strays. Now you can help bring friendship and community. Square Strays. Available in Kern County or on Sound Farm. And by Addable. Give us numbers and we'll find you sums. Addable. Digits, plus signs, solutions. It all adds up. Addable at addable.com. And start streaming with Salmon Sound. Business doesn't have to be upstream. Sound Salmon. Simple Simon Sound Salmon. The easiest way to spawn new horizons. Sound Salmon. Salmon Sound. From New York Goofs Media, this is Dick Monday, and you're listening to This American Goofball, the podcast set down in actual time. Last time you'll remember, my producer, Rich, had called me. Hey, Dick, it's me, Rich. Oh, hey, Rich. Um, I, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you called. Yes. Okay. Before I tell you how this phone call went, I have to let you know that my wife wasn't totally on board with Rich. For that matter, she wasn't totally on board with me. Why why would you think that Rich <laughs> has something to say? Well, well mainly because he was calling me. I, I mean, I su- assumed he had something to say to me. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> this call has puffed you up. <laughs> what, what do you mean, puff? I've never heard you use that phrase. <laughs> she saw something I didn't see. Something I should have seen. But I didn't.
If you're just tuning in right now, my producer Rich had called me on the phone. My wife, Tiffany, had a definite point of view. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't call you if he thought you were gone. Well, I, I know you're right, but... I, I know, I'm flying back to New York tomorrow morning. Oh, well, that, that's good. Oh, so should I plan on picking up the dog at the groomer and taking her? You have to take her first, and then you pick her up after they've cut her hair. <laughs> At this point, I have to tell you that I wasn't completely sold on this call. Nothing in my life told me I should even listen. But I did. My wife Tiffany had made me question my most basic instinct that Rich wanted to tell me something. And then he said something that no one had thought could happen. Not even my wife. So, Dick, are you still thinking of doing that podcast? Uh, well, I, I was, um, yeah, I was planning on... He asked you a question? I <laughs> bet you already started that podcast. Well, yes, of course I have. You know that. <laughs> he knows that, right? <laughs> well, why does it matter if he knows? It. It's not about what Rich knows. It. Huh? From the first day, I thought I knew how this would all end. How my words and thoughts could be heard and interpreted by Rich, my producer. But Rich had surprised me. It was something 12 years on this American life couldn't have prepared me for, had I done it. But now he would expect a response. So I had to surprise him. Next time on This American Goofball. This American Goofball is written and hosted by me, Dick Monday, and includes Tiffany Riley, my wife, and Rich Froelich, my producer. The show is produced by Rich Froelich. He's my producer. Also brought to you by New York Goofs Media and RF Media. Our editor is Rich Froelich. Editorial supervisor is Clara Barton. Special thanks to Ira Glass, Alex Bloomberg, and Alan Reed. Music on this episode from freemusicarchive.org, including cuts from Sergey Chermisi, Scott Holmes, and Blue Dot Sessions. This American Goofball is currently available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Soon we'll be carrying it on Salmon Sound. Sound Salmon. Salmon Sound. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Adible and Sound Salmon as well as Square Strays, nerdy little runts who've left the herd. Square Strays. This is Dick Monday for This American Goofball. Thanks for listening. This American Goofball is supported by Glue Apron. It's a place to keep all your adhesives from toxic to kid-friendly. Glue Apron. Once you find us, you'll stick around. Glue Apron means sustainability. And by Racket Mortgage, brought to you by Quacken Loans. Don't duck the chance to paddle into deeper waters. Quacken Loans. Now working with Racket Mortgage. It's not subprime, but it's a racket. There's no way to keep the racket down, down from quacking loans. Have you ever waited for a phone call and then it happens? Yes, I have. <laughs>
From New York Goofs Media, this is Dick Monday, and you're listening to This American Goofball, the podcast set down in actual time. You'll remember that this is a podcast about a podcast of an actual podcast. Last time we were dealing with something as simple as a phone call. If you're a new listener, you really should go back to episode one. So let me tell you what's happened. It all started when my producer, Rich, called me. Hey, Dick, it's me, Rich. Oh, hey, Rich. Um, I, I'm glad it was Rich on the phone. I went on to say hello. Rich and felt pretty good about the call at that point. But then, and I'm not sure why I'm even telling you this, someone else came in the room. Of course I know what a phone booth is. <laughs> That was my wife, Tiffany. She has a master's degree from SMU. Remember earlier when I told you that someone came in the room? Well, someone did, but I didn't know about it. What's really crazy is I still don't. Superman changes. <laughs> well, that's right, but there was something special about the booth. <laughs> Wait, you don't think Superman changing there is special? Well, well, of course I do, but... Sometimes it's hard to understand the difference between book smarts and street smarts. <laughs> I know you can make a call in a phone booth. <laughs> right? Yeah. But why was that important? I asked earlier if you've ever waited for a phone call. I think I can talk for most people when I say yes. I've waited for a phone call. And when that call came, were you behind your work desk? I was. If you're just tuning in, I had taken a call from Rich. Dick, I think the podcast idea is is too obscure. Too, uh, uh, what what exactly does that mean, Rich? I don't think you know what it's about. Oh, well, so does that mean you're out? Uh, I mean, on a scale from one to five, five being the most interested, what would you say your interest level is? Dick, an Uber's picking me up in one minute. You've got one minute to change my mind. Oh, uh, okay, um, 60 seconds, probably 50, okay, um. What could I say in one minute that would change Rich's mind? Uh, uh, um, okay, no, no, this, this is good, this makes, uh. And why was I talking about a phone booth? You know, when I first, uh, what do I have, like, um, and even more troubling, was Tiffany hiding something? Next time on This American Goofball. This American Goofball is written and hosted by me, Dick Monday, and includes Tiffany Riley, my wife, and Rich Froelich, my producer. The show is produced by Rich Froelich, like I said. He's my producer. Also, we thank New York Goofs Media and RF Media. Our editor is Rich Froelich. He's our editor. Editorial supervisor is, of course, Clara Barton. This week we're not thanking Ira Glass. Music on this episode from freemusicarchive.org. We thank Scott Holmes for our theme song, 
Blue Dot Sessions, Maria, and Boiled Wool. This American Goofball is currently available on SoundCloud and iTunes. We also want to thank our sponsors, Glue Apron, Racket Mortgages, and Quacken Loans. Until next time, thank you for listening. And that's this week's show. Please take a moment on Audio Review Sundays and drop in a review for the Sonic Society in iTunes. It really does make a difference for someone who hasn't heard the very best of modern audio drama. Spread the word. And while you're spreading the word, you can also email us at sonicsociety at gmail.com. Keep in mind what happens in February as well. Ooh, February. Could this be the much-trailed in the intro, (laughs) Nadsrim 2018? None other than that, David. More on that next week. Okay, well, until then, I'm David Alt. Thank you for listening, and good night. Good night. The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. This is Jack Ward, and from every one of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times. Please follow the scientific and medical experts' advice, and we'll always be here for you daily at Mutual.